Idleman Unplugged is part of the Edify Podcast Network. I want to see your face Pass me by the crowds of people The priests who sing your praise Hello, my name is Shane Idleman, and I'm the pastor of Westside Christian Fellowship in Leona Valley, California. It is my personal heart and goal for you to see truth through a biblical perspective. I hope that you enjoy this segment of Idleman Unplugged. Hey everyone, we've got an important episode today on this topic of knowing God's will. So many people want to know, what is God's will for my life? Or even about decisions, is it God's will if I make this decision? Should I make a different decision? So I just want to share with you some principles that have really helped me on my journey. Um, been following the Lord now consistently since 1999. And uh, there's a lot of lessons learned. And I think God uh, held my hand a little bit more uh, when I first came back to him and the prodigal son came home. Uh, now he makes me, you know, search a little bit more or things aren't as clear. He was pretty, pretty obvious on a lot of things because uh, he knows where you're at and in, in, in your walk with the Lord. So that should be encouraging. Number one, he knows where you're at with him. Um, you don't want to overanalyze. You don't want to overthink things. Uh, you don't want to, uh, try to, um, rush ahead of him. And so there's some principles and I'm going to share these with you. I think they'll be very helpful, but number one, to know God's will, to really know God's will, you have to know him. So a lot of the, the people listening to this, I don't know where they're at spiritually. I don't know if they just stumbled on this, but you have to repent of your sin and believe that Jesus died for you and that he will save you from that sin and that you can stand before God someday because of what Jesus did on your behalf, that we are born into sin. The wrath of God is upon us and Jesus absorbed that wrath. They call it propitiation. He absorbed the wrath of God, satisfied the sin debt, and now um, we walk in that fullness and that freedom as long as we repent and believe and exercise faith. So once that happens, then you can definitely understand the will of God for your life and be guided um, in a much better direction. Now, I'm not saying that people don't know God, you know, uh, I mean, there's there's what they call that common grace uh, where, you know, obviously God still intervenes in the affairs of of all people. Um, and I believe if if God can can guide someone um, maybe uh, uncertain, in a certain way because he's wanting his sovereign plans to be fulfilled. You know, I mean, that's a given, but I'm talking now to believers. First, you have to, you have to solidify that you have a genuine relationship with Jesus Christ. Now you might not feel like it. And, um, you know, I've heard on many call in shows, you know, people call in and say, you know, I'm just not feeling saved. Um, I don't know if I am. And, and a lot of pastors say something I probably wouldn't say, but I know what they're saying. But let me, let me just, let me just flesh this out for a minute because it's important with this topic of knowing God's will. They say, Hey, don't worry about it, Karen, or don't worry about it, Chris, or don't worry about it. as long as you said that prayer, you know, 20 years ago when you're 15 or don't worry about it. You know, you can just go back to that moment. Now that's, Somewhat true. Absolutely. I mean, we got to fight through depression, hardship, doubt, but there could be other things like, are you sure you truly repented and believed or did you just have head knowledge? Uh, you were raised in a Christian home. You went to a Christian church and a Christian school and you had uh, religion, but not a relationship. So I would encourage them to go back and really rethink that. You know, did you genuinely repent? Did you genuinely believe? And then if they did, then okay. But I, I wouldn't just tell somebody, oh, don't worry about it. That's, you know, it could be conviction, could be the conviction of the Holy Spirit saying, hey, and not everything is right here. We need to get our life squared away uh, with the Lord. And so that's the first 
obviously important pillar. And then the next important pillar for believers would be, um, have you fully surrendered your life? Now, when I say that, I'm not talking about perfection, but I believe as John MacArthur said, it's not about perfection, but direction. You know, what direction are you going? And I've, I've always fell back on that for probably at least 20, 22 years now. Because when you fully surrender and say, Lord, my finances are yours, my job is yours, my marriage is yours, Lord, help me steward all of this you've given me. If you, if you need me to downsize, if you need me to move somewhere, if you want me to do this, if you want me with this ministry or different things, Lord, I am yours. God, would you show me what you want me to do? And I'll, and I'll obey. Now, not perfectly. You know, sometimes he has to spank me. Sometimes he has to, you know, how you grab your child and say, no, 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 we're going this way. It's time to go home. You know, but there's a willingness to follow. So he leads those who are willing to follow. So I see many Christians, you know, even myself in my 20s, you know, a, a Christian. But I was not seeking God's will. You know, I was going to make a certain amount of money. I wanted to, re to retire at 40 and go sip Coronas on the beach in Cancun. Boy, did he have other plans. Uh, for sure. So, um, on that note, yeah, with, with fully surrendering, uh, oh, back to my twenties. Okay. So I'm in my twenties. I'm doing my thing, but even in that, thank God for Romans 8, 28 in all of this, God is still working things out. I look back now and I thank God for those years during my twenties where I learned a great deal. I learned how to manage a, 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 a lot of staff and business and profit and loss statements and, and, and budgeting and leading people. And it got to where, you know, you, God uses that. So you know how to, to, to not again, not perfect. I'm a work in progress. So the day I die, but you know, I, I fired a lot of people. I had to let a lot of people go. I'm talking hundreds probably. And uh, just, you know, it's not what you say, it's how you say it. And uh, God used that. I had to hire lots of people work with human resources department and sexual harassment claims on some of the employees and, 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 and tons of stuff. So, I can see now, okay, those weren't wasted years. Those were years God was preparing me, even though I was not really following his will. I was like, here's where I'm going. God said, okay, I'm going to use that when I get you back on track. And so you can spare yourself a lot of hurt, a lot of pain to just say up front, I'm a willing vessel, fully surrendered. But that involves spiritual disciplines, you know, reading God's word, obeying God's word, seeking his heart, worshiping, getting your heart right. And then, and then from that, from that inflow of God's word, from that inflow of the Holy Spirit and this brokenness and humility and wanting to seek God, then there's going to be an outflow in the direction he wants you to go. So that's another important foundational pillar. I, I know so many Christians, especially young adults, man, they're kind of, man, I don't know. I don't know what God wants me to do. I'm depressed and I am dealing with this and this is difficult. And, and, and oftentimes it's because they're quenching and grieving the spirit. So once that once that is dealt with, then man, God's will is a lot more um, clear. It is, uh, it's fun. It's enjoyable. Maybe not all the time, but I believe that God gives you the desires of your heart as you fulfill his will. Doesn't mean you'll have your best life now. You might go through challenges where you might see a lot of persecution here in America. Uh, this message is just irrelevant, is as relevant in China or the, the Middle East and the persecuted church, these principles still apply because it, it, there is joy in God's will. And I've, I've, you know, receive a lot of persecution, uh, not like they receive whatsoever. We don't even know what real persecution is, but you count it joy. 
that you, you, you're going through these trials. You count it joy. Blessed are those who persecuted you for his namesake. And so you deal with salvation and then you deal with the filling of the Holy Spirit. Are you filled? I mean, are you, are you just overwhelmed with the presence of God? There's a hunger for God. If not, that's okay. You just say, Lord, I want that. I need that. Help me. And then welcome to the club. That's going to be your life's mission. And, uh, there are some days, boy, they're challenging for me, but uh, other days are very, um, very, very rewarding. And so those are the first two things, the pillars, I guess. And then, uh, and I'm going to, I'm going to explain this a little bit more, but God's will, knowing God's will is not nearly, nearly as difficult as we make it out to be. You know, so many people are like, Oh, this and Oh, I don't know. And, uh, and, and, and they, they almost, it's almost like they're putting together. Have you ever my daughter poured out a thousand piece jigsaw puzzle when we were on vacation. I'm like, whoa, you're going to try to, I mean, that's, I don't even know where to start. I was, I was actually just forget it, you know? And so that's how many people, that's how people often look at God's will. Oh man, this, it's really not that challenging. Here's what I mean. We have his written word. So his written word, I truly believe takes precedence over inner voices or inner pulses, inner, inner impulses, or I, I don't know. I'm feeling this way. I think I should do this. All of that has to be ran through the filter of God's word. Why? Because without that, we can be led astray. The heart is deceitful, desperately wicked. Who can know it? Yes, we are new creature creations in Christ. We've been saved. We've been set free. We have the Holy spirit of God within us, but then the, the old man, tries to keep knocking sometimes and, and draw us back. And so the only way, you know, is that a good idea or is that a God idea? Is that Shane Eidelman wanting to do something or is that God wanting me to do something? Is that the enemy planning thoughts into my mind? And so it has to be filtered in God's word. So the next foundational pillar is in God's word, reading God's word. Not only are you learning wisdom, right? Through through wisdom, wisdom is a principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom and all you're getting, get understanding. She will exalt you. She will promote you. In the book of Proverbs, it talks about the necessity of wisdom, the clarity you have when you have wisdom, the peace you have when you have wisdom. So now, not only am I understanding what God's word says about, okay, unequally yoked. I don't even want to date someone who is not a believer. I don't even want to link up with someone, partnership who's not a believer. Oh, I need to let these attitudes go in this unforgiveness. Oh, here's how I need to steward my money. And so you have all these wonderful principles that, I mean, I go back to often, you know, the scriptures, uh, blessed is the man who, um, you know, does not take vengeance upon others and, and let anger not rule in your heart. You know, anger worketh not the righteousness of God and dealing with anger, dealing with unforgiveness. Um, am I, is somebody going to pursue a job? I mean, I don't know how many times I've counseled people over the years and they say, Shane, I'm, I'm really thinking about this job. I mean, I'm going to make, you know, a thousand dollars more a month. And, uh, you know, that's great, but is that going to pull you away from your relationship with the Lord? Is that going to pull you away from your marriage? Are you going to be in compromising positions? And so just because a person makes more money, it doesn't necessarily mean that's God's will. Now, with that said, does God open doors for people? And I believe that financially he can bless people. Um, I don't teach, you know, name it, claim it, uh, healthy and wealthy. Uh, sometimes there's difficulties, there's seasons. I mean, I've went like this. I've went from very good money in my twenties to living with my mom, digging ditches for my brother, and then owning my own construction company with, with heavy equipment, backhoe, 
uh, hauling truck, diesel. I had to get my class, class A license and, and then construction boomed. And I, you know, it was great money. And then it collapsed in 2008 or so. And then I got involved in real estate for a little bit and just did, just shot up in real estate. It was incredible. And then two years in, two years in, no, maybe one year in, it's like, okay, Shane, now it's time to plant a church. I'm like, wait a minute. I just got established here. And then, and so, you know, that roller coaster ride of, of fine. And some people, you know, God blesses them financially to be a blessing to others, really. And sometimes God, man, he knows what's going to, what it's going to take to keep us humble and broken. That's why the, I believe it's a writer of Proverbs, you know, give, give me neither riches nor give me poverty. For if I have riches, I might boast in myself and profane your holy name. And if I have poverty, I might steal and rob others and also profane your holy name. So give me neither poverty nor riches. And it's, it's like, Lord, where do you want me? If you're going to give me more wealth, I want to steward it. If you're going to, you're going to keep me here in this position of humility. Um, so it, it's a touchy subject because you do see that poverty can sometimes be a curse. Obviously, if people aren't giving, they're not, they're not, uh, they're not givers. Their hearts are wrong with money. God could use that to, j- to just say, okay, I'm going to keep you in this tight spot. But then we know many people, millionaires, even now billionaires that are not godly good people. So the rain falls on the just and unjust alike. That's not my point. My point is you have God's word for making incredible decisions. So I wouldn't take a job just because I get more money if it's going to pull me away from the Lord, pull me away from a good church, hurt my marriage, hinder my relationship with the Lord. And, uh, and, and, and as you're reading God's word, you know, it talks about, um, you know, uh, being blessed in the little things and trusting in God and not worrying about what you'll wear or put on. And, and those scriptures see now, not only do you have wisdom, here's how God's word will works. Not only do you have the wisdom that you can apply, that's the difference between knowledge and wisdom. Knowledge is I know something, but if I don't do it, I'm not being wise. So wisdom is the application of knowledge. You know, you can have knowledge and not be wise. So w- wisdom applies God's knowledge to your life. And um, so now you have, okay, I have the knowledge, I should have said, knowledge. But I don't yet have the wisdom until I apply it to my life. So as I'm applying it to my life, reading God's word. Now, here's the other thing. God's word literally transforms your mind. The Bible says, do not be conformed. Romans 12, do not be conformed which is like a potter. Let me see. Here's the arms. Here's the legs. Here's the head. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind in God's word. And that's why Paul to the church in Philippi said, whatever things are pure and honest and lovely and of a good report, meditate Meditate on these things because blessed is the man who walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly. He doesn't stand in the path of sinners. He doesn't sit in the seat of the scornful like a judgmental Jerry or or a, a critical Karen. But his delight is in the law of the Lord. Psalm 1, read Psalm 1. His delight is in the law of the Lord. And he meditates, meditates day and night as a result. See, as a result of God's word in you, changing your heart, changing your mind, now you're going to make different decisions. Now you're going to live differently. You'll be like a tree planted by living water who will bear its fruit in season. Bear its fruit in season. That's the key. It takes time. Waiting time is not wasted time. 
It's very important time to seek the heart of God and, and your leaves will not wither. Everything you do will prosper. Um, now there's ups and downs and in your definition of prosperity, mine isn't wealth and sitting in, on a bunch of gold. My, my definition of prosperity is, um, you know, the spirit of God upon me and praying for people when they're sick and seeing some healing and, and preaching my heart out and, and the kids flourishing, my marriage flourishing, others are growing through the ministry and, and God is providing our needs and different things. That's, that's how I define prosperity because you can have a lot of money and be miserable. So you see how all this is working. Are you saved? Are you filled with the Holy Spirit? Are you in God's word, allowing it to transform your mind? And then are you obeying God's word? Because if you hear God's word, knowledge, and you don't obey God's word, wisdom, you actually live in deception. Did you know that? So many Christians, and I could, I could call them out. I wish they would come to me and ask me, Shane, what do you think? Then I would open up, but it's not the right time. They, they, boy, they know it. They can, they can tell you what the Bible says, but they're not living it out. They're not, they're not humble. They're not broken. They're not obedient. They're not serving. They're not giving. They're not, they're just, they're just spewing out scriptures. And some of you young adults, you might hear sometimes your parents do that. And I, I pray often, Lord, I don't want to do that. I don't want to just spew it out. And, and of course, we're not perfect parents, but, um, I, I want to live it out. I want to live it out. I don't, I don't want to just, you know, say it and not do it because James says, if you're hearers only and not doers, you live in deception. So we have a lot of people, a lot of Christians living in deception. I know what the Bible says. I know what the Bible says. And because they know it, they think, okay, well, I know it. So I must be good. No, the power is in the application of it. So you can see what we're building here. Actually, I should go this way. We're building on salvation. We're building on the filling of the Holy Spirit. We're building, we're, we're building on transforming our minds. So now, now I think a lot differently than I did in my twenties. I mean, I'm telling you, you know, my twenties was about business, career, money, partying, this and that. And oh yeah, I'll pray a little bit. God bless my plans. And, but now my whole thought process has changed the way I view f- friends or income or church or ministry or God. I mean, everything's changed. So now you've got your, your, your mind's being transformed. And then you, you have this obedience to God's word, knowing his principles, knowing his word. And so now you've got this beautiful building that you're building. So without this structure, without this is the foundation, how are you going to build all these other choices up here? Who should I marry? Who should I date? Where should I work? What career should I have? What sport should I should I do this sport? Should I go to this school? Should I? And you're building on this house, right? But the foundation is what needs to be built first. And then it's much easier, much easier. I mean, try building a house with, um, um, yeah, just taking some wood and, and, uh, building it on dirt without a foundation is, is going to fall down. So. That that's the foundation. And then now here comes some more principles. For example, let the peace of God, you know, guard your heart and your mind. Uh, but also the peace of God comes from what I meditate upon. If I'm meditating on things that are ungodly, YouTube, TikTok, Instagram, voodoo, Netflix, and it's all ungodly. I'm going to have a very hard time uh, experience the peace of God because now there's this conflict going on within me. It's already hard enough. I don't want to add more conflict. I don't want to add more troops on the side of the enemy. And so if you're, 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 you're watching the negative media and all this junk and all this garbage, sexual perversion, sexual identity, uh, um, uh, and, uh, bullying or 
promiscuity, drugs, alcohol, whatever it is, and, and that's what you're feeding on, it's going to be really hard because now you have this conflict going on. You're confused. That's why a lot of people are confused. They have this conflict. A uh, double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. And that's why Joshua said, choose who you will serve today. And uh, the prophet Elijah said, uh, choose today who you will serve, God or Bell. And so double-mindedness is, you know, that actually goes back to this step, you know, the fullness of the spirit, filling the spirit, you know, obeying God's word, peace. And so my thought on peace is this, I'm making, make it, I'm making a major decision. I actually just made a major decision. Maybe I'll talk about it in the future. Um, you guys can ask me about it later because I'm in, I'm in the middle of it right now, a couple of days into it <clears throat> and made a major decision, talked with my wife. It was, I kept, I kept, oh, I just kept just putting it off for about two years. Uh, it's good. It's a good thing. People won't understand it, but it's a good thing. Um, and I finally said, okay, I have no peace. I don't have a lot of peace disobeying this. But now that I'm stepped in and said, okay, Lord, I'll do it. If that's what you want me to do, I have tremendous amount of peace. Um, and it's hard, but there's a lot of peace there. So peace, you have to be careful with peace because some people, um, you know, they'll say, well, God knows my heart. I have peace about it. And that's just, give me a break. You know, that, I'm talking about real peace where you've sought the heart of God. You're walking in the, the fullness of the spirit to the best of your ability. You've given it to the Lord. There's, there's times of prayer in his word. And you just, you know, I just have peace about this decision. I feel good about this. Or there's another thing. You know what? I know it looks good. I know it looks good on the surface, but I don't have a lot of peace about this. And so I believe peace is like a govern, a governor. If you ever had those, when I lived back in the, uh, when I was younger, my dad had a governor on my truck and other trucks too. It would actually, I don't know exactly what it did, what, how it was made, but it would sit, I believe on the uh, carburetor back in a carburetor and on the throttle, you know, the gas pedal. And so, you know, even if I pressed it all the way down, the governor would not let me go above like 60, 65 miles an hour in a Chevy blazer. And so it was governing that. And so that's what peace can do. It can govern you. As long, as long as these other factors are in place, you know, it's governing you. Uh, but if a person, I know b- people even this week, you know, living in sin, not walking with the Lord, not, not building on this foundation. And they'll say, bro, I have peace, man. I have peace about it. I feel good. God knows my heart. Well, that's, that's fake and that's phony and that's not really peace. What it is, is you're appeasing sin and you're caught in the sinful lifestyle and you're enjoying it. So that's not peace. That's not the peace of God that will rule and reign in your heart. And so um, then there's other things, of course. Um, have you sought godly counsel on, on on your decision? And one of the things I've talked about before, uh, and I know other pastors have, have talked to me about it before, is we are, I'm sometimes amazed at how many people don't come and say, hey, here's what I'm thinking, you know, with major life decisions. What do you think? They usually come and tell us after the fact, especially when there was the big mass exodus, like Israel leaving Egypt, the mass exodus from California. I don't know if anyone, maybe one person said, hey, here's what I'm thinking. You know, what are your thoughts on it? And I understand. I mean, a lot of times, you know, they probably already know what I'm going to say. I'm going to say, well, what does God say? Don't be, don't be leaving just because of fear. Don't be leaving just because it's bad in California. So I know they're like, I don't want to hear what he has to say. And they usually say, Hey, by the way, we're moving next month or actually we sold our next week. And I mean, we're talking at this point, about 200 people have moved from our church out of California. 
And uh, no doubt many of them were led of the Holy Spirit after I hear after the fact, after I hear their story, you know, for sure, uh, God led them. But I know a lot of people, God didn't lead them. And I know because of pride, you know, you don't want to admit that you might have been wrong. Um, and they're having tons of challenges where they're at now. No peace, realizing they left, you know, when they wrong heart. And then you know, now they're that peace. That piece that they're wanting is not there. So you have people that God clearly led to move. You guys know who you are. And, and then there's people who probably shouldn't have. Let's be honest. But my whole point is they didn't seek, they didn't seek counsel. They didn't want to know what we had to say about it. And I don't blame them to some degree because maybe I would have been biased, you know? Uh, oh, no, no, you, no, God doesn't want you to leave. Stay here with me. Stay here with me in the trenches. Come on. Let's fight this battle. So maybe I wouldn't have been a good, a good non-biased, uh, uh, person on that one. But the bottom line is seeking godly counsel. So I actually just, um, just texted the elders at our church, um, did a podcast and wanted their feedback. Well, I guess on that one, I've been too late because I already released the podcast, but, um, Hey, what are you guys thinking about this? What are you guys sensing? Um, and if I have, you know, I've, I brought up things about, Hey, what do we think about trying this at church? What do you think? You know, I don't know. Does God want us to, and if I've got the core team, you know, the majority of the core team saying, Hey, Shane, I don't really, I don't think that's going to work. I don't see that happening. I'm like, you know what? You're right. I think you're right. And, and, um, there's a lot of safety in the multitude of safety in the multitude of counselors. There's safety. And especially when you go to war, that's what the Bible is talking about. Hey, make sure you seek counsel because you don't want to go into war without godly counsel. And so to me, it's critical. You know, when we bought the radio stations, obviously talk to, to the elders. Hey, am I on track here? Uh, when we started the church, talk to a lot of godly counsel. Uh, when I write books, hey, what are you guys thinking? Am I, you know, about this or major decisions, um, that are coming down? Uh, what do you, what do you, what do you guys think? And I can't really think of, um, a time where, you know, let's say a, quite a few people said no, and I still went and did it, you know, because sometimes not, here's the thing with godly counsel. They're not speaking, uh, God's not speaking to them the same way he's speaking to you. So don't be confused by that. Uh, he, he's not, he's not leading them the same way he's leading you. So the purpose of godly counsel is not necessarily God speaking the same way, although it can be sometimes, especially with church leadership and things. The point of godly counsel is to hear what you're saying. And then does it, does it register? You know, does it, does it make sense? Does it line up with the word of God? Is it Shane? Have you thought about this? Have you, you know, I know you're thinking this, so they don't necessarily have to agree with what you're doing. They just have to make sure, okay, is God is, they just have to help you determine is God in this, especially people getting married. I mean, there's been people, um, you know, we said, I don't, I don't know if you should get married. I, 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 I don't see this. Your mom doesn't see it. Your dad doesn't see it. Your relatives don't see it. Christians at the church don't see it. You know, I, 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 I would take some more time. And then if they choose not to listen, you know, that's up to them. So my point is, I can't really think of a time where godly counsel has told me, that's not a good idea. And I went and did it anyway. I, I, I can't think of nothing really comes to my mind. Um, I mean, there are times where like my wife might see something differently and say, but you know what? You're called to lead us spiritually. Um, you know, I, you, I see it this way, but, but Shane, you see it this way. I'm like, oh, and I take time to the Lord. And what is she? And your spouse should be your main source of godly counsel for, for some of you. And then I'll say, you know what? I'm just going to step out in faith. I think God's wanting us to do this. I'll take the responsibility and then lead in that direction. 
Um, or sometimes just submit, you know what, you're right. This is better for you, for the kids, for our ministry. Let me, let me, let me not do that and let me submit. So leading that way is, is incredible too, as well as you're sensing to what God is doing. So my point was the incredible benefit of godly counsel. And you don't want to go to God. You don't want to go to counsel who's going to tell you what you want to hear. You're going to go to counsel who would tell you what you need to hear. And that's a big deal. Go to those. Okay. I know. Now you don't go to someone who you know is going to be real negative and, and uh, blah, 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 blah. Always, you know, always, you know, putting you down or, you know, you already know what they're going to say. I mean, it's not, I'm talking about godly people who love you, who aren't aren't affected by your decision. See, that's the other thing. When people are affected by your decision, whether they'll, you know, maybe they'll benefit financially or relationally, or, you know, you got to be very careful there as well too. non-biased godly counsel. So you have all that. Um, and then another thing I would add that is key is trusting in God's sovereignty. God's sovereignty, I often say, uh, God's sovereignty is my sanity. That's really how I sleep at night. That's really how I get through all the, the stuff I see going on all around us in our nation. It's, it's just, I mean, I, 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 I know a lot. I see a lot because people send me stuff and, and other friends. I've got friends in, in different, you know, places of office. And we are in a very big, intense, important spiritual battle. So we know that. But God's sovereignty, God is in control. Yeah, he might allow things. There might be persecution. We might lose this. We might, this might happen. But ultimately, God, I'm just resting in your arms. I'm resting in your sovereignty. And so as I'm praying, another key thing with, you know, according to the Bible study is the praying and the worshiping. When I pray, when I worship, I get my heart right. Repentance takes place because it's hard to lead a person who has, is, has unrepentant sin and, and is not willing to give up and fix this first area. So if, if you're not willing to fix this first area that God told you to, to fix, it's going to be hard to get direction for the future. This is what I often say with couples living together, having sex, you know, I, it, it it's going to be hard to determine, oh, where does God want me to work? Does God want us to get married? Oh, I don't know. I just, uh, well, deal with this first. Deal with this first, and then you'll be able to, uh, everything else will be able to fall in line. And so, of course, praying and fasting. Fasting is is really important to seeking the heart of God. Um, worship, and, and see, now your heart's changing. And now you just trust. Trust in the sovereign plans of God. Lord, you know my heart. And you can say that if the heart is right. You know, Lord, you know the heart, my heart, I'm stepping out in faith. I, 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 if there's anything wrong within me, show me. If I'm taking the wrong path, show me, Lord. Close doors, open doors. But Lord, I'm going to have to step out in faith and trust you. Here's why that's so important. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. So when I say, you know what, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I'm scared. I don't want to trust God. I want to step out. I don't know. I'm just going to sit here. I, I, I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't trust. I'm worried. You know, that's not pleasing God. When all these other things fall into place, say, Lord, you know, I'm, I'm trusting you. I'm, I'm, I'm trusting you're going to direct me. I'm going to fill out this job application. I'm going to pursue this. And Lord, I pray you just close the door or open the door. Lord, you show me, you show me, and I'm going to step out in faith. I trust you. I trust you in your sovereignty. And it pleases God. Hey, he's trusting me. I'm going to guide them because they're trusting me. And then uh, I would just add a final thing here. Those who wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. So waiting time is not wasted time. So God's will often, often 
is not unfolded right between your eyes. Oh, look at that. There's next month. There's next year. Wow. Wow. That is cool. Often it's day to day choices and he leads. He might show you something like he showed me. I would be preaching 10 years before I did. I had a dream, very vivid, wrote it down. And it's exactly the image that, that I had. Um, I'm like, okay, let's go, Lord. I'm ready. No, you're not ready, Shane. It's going to take a while, but here's see. In other words, okay, he's calling me to do that. I need to read a lot of books on theology and, 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 uh, studying God, church history and revival history. And I, I've got to, I've got to prepare myself for what he's calling me. Um, had I known when I left 24 hour fitness that I'd have to move back home with my mom and dig ditches with my brother, I probably wouldn't have left. He didn't show me that. He did not show me that. He actually showed me, you know, for sure. Okay, it's time to leave. I had to leave. And so what I did is I started a, a, a website, weight loss website. We had trainers and everything. And I said, okay, this is how God's going to keep keep my lifestyle going. I'm going to be able to keep my house. I'm going to be able to do this, you know. And no, 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 Shane, that's not the plan. Oh, man, that's not the plan. Okay. And so he was using that and 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 he didn't show me right he just showed me this step okay obedient this step here's what's happening here's what's going on and just really one step at a time one day at a time i might you know he might okay here's your will here's what i'd like you to do maybe prepare for um like when i when he called us to plant the church i had about 6 no i had about 9 months january I think 3rd is when we knew for certain or january 6 right in there and then September 25th is when we planted the church. So I had nine months of seeking God, asking for confirmation, um, waiting on him. What does this look like? Lord, what, what are you, what are you, what are you doing? Is this really you? And in that waiting time, that's where God began to show us more. And so he did show me, he, here's what I want you to do, but it took nine months to get there. And so, you know, you're just, you're not trying to figure things out. You're not trying to put the puzzle together. And we want to know because we want to know so we can, okay, if I'm going to marry that person, might as well marry them now. No, there's a lot to learn during the journey. Okay. If I'm going to work there, might as well work there now. No, there's a lot of things you need to learn before you get there. Okay. If I'm called to pastor, I'm called to start a ministry. I'm called to this. I might as well just start it. No, 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 no. You've got some important lessons to learn before you get there. So waiting time is not wasted time. Those who wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. So, 30 some minutes that really expresses in my heart what God's will is and how to determine God's will. So brief recap, the foundation has to be, are you saved? Do you have a genuine relationship with God? And then have you fully surrendered? And and I don't mean perfectly surrendered because I'm not fully surrendered perfectly. There's no way nobody is, but I am Lord, show me what you want me to do. So saved, I'm fully surrendered. And then I'm in God's word and God's word is changing my heart. It's changing my mind. And, and as my mind's changing, I begin to want the things of God. Now I'm obeying God's word. And now as I'm obeying God's word, God's opening doors for me because I'm walking in obedience. And then, and then you're seeking godly counsel. You're bathing it in prayer. You're stepping out in faith. You're waiting on God. You're not in a hurry. You're not rushing him. And then God's will really just just kind of falls into place. So I don't wake up like I used to when I first came back to the Lord. What is your will? What is your will? What is your will? What is your will? Oh gosh, I don't want to miss it. I don't want to miss it because you're not going to miss it. If you're doing all this, you, you can't miss it because that's God's will. Actually, the Bible says this is God's will for your life. And it lists, you know, I don't know, maybe six different things. His will is that you be saved. His will is that you be set apart for his glory and worship him. His will is that you make disciples. His will is that, you know, and you can, there's a few things there that are clearly God's will. So if you're doing all this, you're already walking in his will. 
And now it's just a matter of God showing you what door he's going to open with a career. Maybe those who want to get married, um, those who you want to start a ministry, uh, those you want to invest. What do I invest in? What is God's will for, for me investing my money? Well, maybe, maybe nothing right now. Maybe just hold tight. And so God's will begins to unfold day by day as you continue to apply these spiritual disciplines and everything to your life. Now, if you fall off track, that's okay. If you're off track right now, you might be listening like, I blew it. I'm living in sin. I'm not in God's word. I don't even know. I, I don't know where I'm at, Shane. Guess what? You can begin afresh today, right now, with repentance. You can say, Lord, I repent. I repent of these things. And then real repentance isn't just mouth, lip service. It's followed by actions. So you repent, you take the necessary steps, you begin to seek God again, you get plugged into God again, everything I just said, everything I just said, and then you begin to position yourself back in the center of God's will. Now there will be consequences, there will be additional challenges, but I'd rather live inside his arms of safety and protection than live outside of his will, confused and depressed and uncertain. So anyway, hope this episode of Idleman Unplugged Help helped you. And if you have additional questions, you can email me at shaneidleman.com, shaneidleman.com, or of course, the church website, westsidechristianfellowship.org, westsidechristianfellowship.org. And you can follow us on YouTube and the different platforms and, and uh, stay up to speed with everything. But I will say this, subscribe if you're on YouTube or Rumble or i iTunes, Podbeam, any of the, any of the 18 platforms we're on there with this podcast. Do subscribe. That way you'll get the alerts uh, when these come out. So anyway, talk to you soon. Thank you. If you've enjoyed this episode of Idleman Unplugged, be sure to send us your ideas and topics for future episodes of the podcast. You can send us an email at westsidechristianfellowship.org or shaneidleman.com. Again, my name is Luke Duncan, and I am your host of Idleman Unplugged. Thank you for listening to us today, and join us again on the next episode. Thank you for listening to Idleman Unplugged. For more information, visit us at shaneidleman.com. Again, that's shaneidleman.com. This podcast is part of the Edify Podcast Network. Edify is a faith-inspiring app that brings together thousands of the best Christian podcasts in one place for your listening enjoyment. Cut through the noise and grow your faith by diving into the world's top Christian podcasts today. Download the Edify app for free from the App Store or Google Play or by going to edify.app. That's E-D-I-F-I dot app. El Paseo Publications proudly supports the Westside Christian Fellowship Radio Network. We are committed to quality and Christian publication. Free ebooks can be found at westsidechristianfellowship.org under free ebooks. Books such as What Works for Men and What Works for Young Adults will help readers understand that the obstacles ahead are never greater than God's power to take you through. Books such as What Works When Diets Don't and Feasting and Fasting demonstrate how health can be achieved from a biblical perspective. Other free books such as Answers for a Confused Church and Desperate for More of God show the importance of fully surrendering our lives to Christ. And One Nation Above God is a must-read for anyone concerned about the direction of America. Again, free downloads of these ebooks are available at westsidechristianfellowship.org. We are happy about partnering with the Westside Christian Fellowship Radio Network.